following is a presentation of the Belly Up Sports Media Network. Here's what's cooking on today's Sports Stove podcast. Old guys want to trade, get traded. Young guys coming up and making a splash. We're talking Major League Baseball on today's edition of the Sports Stove podcast. That's what's cooking. From Belly Up Sports and the Belly Up Podcast Network, you're listening to the Sports Stove podcast with your host, Vince Stover. Welcome in to an all-new edition of the Sports Stove Podcast, presented by Righteous Felon Jerky. Uh, the best and purest jerky around. You need to try it out if you have not tried it yet. You go to RighteousFelon.com, use the code BELLYUP. You're going to get 15% off your purchase. I highly suggest the Baby Blues Barbecue, my favorite flavor. Uh, welcome into tonight's edition of the Sports Stove Podcast. I'm Vince Stover, your host, joined by my dad, Dale Stover. Dad, how you doing? Good, doing good. Been kind of a busy day, but looking forward to talking sports here. Yeah, I so I drove 150 miles today at work. Uh, so a lot of my day was spent in the truck. Uh, but uh, I'm home now, and all is good with the world. And uh, today we're going to just spend a little bit of time here talking some Major League Baseball. Everything else is kind of dead at the moment. A uh, little bit of things here and there, recruiting stuff and whatever. Um, but an NHL draft is going on as we're doing this show. But uh, let's face it, nobody really knows any of the Russian guys. It's just wait and see what happens and read about them. That's when you learn about these these prospects. Um, but I do want to talk Major League Baseball today and uh, I'll start off with uh, Ellie De La Cruz. He comes into uh, Cincinnati, the latest young uh, prospect for the Reds to come up. Uh, we talked about this on Sunday's show, the fantasy baseball show. We talked about a lot of these guys that have come up for Cincinnati and are playing well. Uh, but I was looking at Ellie De La Cruz and just understood the, you know, another young shortstop coming up. And seeming to fit right in, I thought of O'Neill Cruz from Pittsburgh, who came in last year, and I mean it was a big deal when he showed up, and he had the arm that was crazy, and of course he's injured right now. But I started thinking through uh, shortstops in the league, and I started to think I think you have as many good young shortstops as you do older shortstops. I mean, what two years ago, maybe three years ago, Trevor Story was like the guy at shortstop. And now Trevor Story, I mean, he's injured, but even when he comes back, there's not really a high expectation for him to be much of anything. And so I started thinking through, well, who are the top shortstops in Major League Baseball right now? And I came up with nine before I kind of had a cutoff to, I was like, everybody underneath that number nine spot is uh, questionable. I mean, nobody that I'm get too excited about, I guess. Um, but the top nine guys I liked, and then I have to figure out who is that 10th guy. Uh, so I figured we'd talk about kind of the top 10 shortstops in the league right now. Um, and, you know, some guys are having down years and some guys are having good years and and whatever from there. And I'm sure some people would disagree with me on these this this list. But nonetheless, Dad, I think the top shortstop in the game right now is Wander Franco in Tampa. Uh, he's having a great year offensively. He's a good defensive player. 
And uh, and he's young, he's energetic, he's selling tickets, all those sorts of things as well. And I've got Wander Franco sitting at the top. Uh, I'll give you my top three, and then I'll let y'all hear yours. I got Trey Turner, number two. Uh, Trey Turner, again, a phenomenal baseball player. He's not having as, as good a year as, as expected, but I still have him up there as number two. I think he's a phenomenal shortstop. And then Bo Bichette moves up into number three for me. Another young guy uh, in Toronto who's who's having a phenomenal season this year. So I go Wander Franco, Trey Turner, Bo Bichette as my top three shortstops. Uh, what order do you have up there? I, I had Wander Franco, uh, and then I had Bo Bichette second, and I had Seager third. All right, so Seager's a good one, too. I got him fourth on my list. Seager is, is again, having a very good year. He's a veteran player. Um, he's been around, and uh, I, I like what he's doing. I like what he's doing in Texas. I like everything that Texas is doing for the most part right now. Um, and so I've got him right there as well. How far down do you have Trey Turner? I have him next. He's fourth. So okay. I have so got right the same there. four guys. Again, he wasn't having as big a year this year, but like I said, he's a phenomenal player. So, yeah, if I was a general manager, I would take Trey Turner over Corey Seager. Um, and that's the way I kind of look at it here. I'd still take him over Bo Bichette, although Bo Bichette's really good. His numbers this year uh, are as good as any shortstop, but. Uh, I still like Franco above him. I like Trey Turner above him at this point too, but Bichette is pushing the line. So we got the same top four guys. So then what comes next? Who, who What's your next uh, five and six guys? Um, I have uh, Bogertz and Lindor. Okay. So, uh, so Lindor, I've got five. Uh, I've got Xander Bogarts down a little bit. Not, uh, what is he? I got him at eight. To me, though, these top these top nine are very similar, in my opinion. You got the top, I think, the top three or four uh, as one group. Then you've got the next four or five as one group. And then after that, it kind of drops off a little bit. Uh, Lindor is having a resurgence this year, right? Last year, he wasn't great. Uh, but this year, he's playing really good baseball again. Xander Bogarts, to me, has been disappointing this year as well, as have pretty much all of San Diego. Um, Fernando Tatis, by the way, is playing some great baseball. I don't put him as a shortstop anymore. I don't, I don't think he's played shortstop yet this year. Um, and with Xander Bogarts being there, uh, but I like Lindor there too, dad. I've got Bobby Witt as my number six guy. I think he's finally starting to fulfill the potential, which everyone thought he would. Um, and so I've got Bobby Witt there at, at number six. So Lindor five, Witt six. I got Bogarts at eight. Uh, and I've got Willie Adamas at seven, and I know I can come across as biased sometimes with these Brewers, but I watch a whole lot of Willie Adamas, and I'll tell you what, I think defensively he's phenomenal. Again, not having as great a year offensively as he's had last year, but he's starting to put it together. He's already at 11 home runs on the year, um, and he plays really good defense too. So I go Lindor, Witt, Adamas, and Bogart. So who do you have at seven and eight? Um, then I've got... Um... Dela Cruz next, um, you know, because of his potential. And then I had Witt after that. Interesting. So Ellie De La Cruz, he's played, what, 10 games, if that, so far this season. And you like his potential enough to put him there. Um, see, so I'm, I'm a little bit more of a I need to see more. Uh, I, I understand the potentials there. Um, but you look at guys like Bo Bichette, you look at guys like Wander Franco, even Bobby Witt, 
the start doesn't always mean everything. Uh, although I think Ellie De La Cruz is a good player. Um, I've got him. I don't actually have him on my list. I kind of have him as that next tier down. The guy that uh, you did not mention uh, that I have is O'Neill Cruz from Pittsburgh. Uh, I've got him as number nine. And again, he's injured right now, but I think he's shown enough to show us, hey, he's going to be a legit player. He could probably be higher on this list even than what I have him at. At this point, I'd still take O'Neill Cruz over L.A. De La Cruz just because I know a little bit more about him. Um, but do you have O'Neill Cruz on your list at all? I did. I did. I had him, I think, number nine because, again, being injured, I wasn't sure how to put him on the list, but his potential is really, really good. So, yes, I think he's a top one. And who's your 10th? Um, again, you know, we talked about whether guys are primarily shortstop, so I hope I'm good on this, but it's a homer uh, Estrada. He's had a good year. <laughs> yeah, in San Francisco. So I don't actually have a 10th guy. I've got written down Carlos Correa, Dansby Swanson, Tim Anderson. Again, these guys aren't having great years. Tim Anderson, by the way, having a horrible year at the moment. But I think Tim Anderson gets traded and then goes off for the rest of the season. But um, I've got those guys written down just because I know more about them than I know Ellie De La Cruz. Um, you know, yeah, I think, you know, Estrada is an interesting one in San Francisco. Uh, Baltimore has some interesting options there at shortstop as well. Um, there, there's uh, even Volpe in New York, I think, is a decent player, but I'm not sure that he's better than Correa. I'm not sure I'd take him over Correa, um, Swanson, or even Tim Anderson. Again, I'm kind of bullish on Tim Anderson right now, Dad. Um, I, I really think Tim Anderson has just given up in Chicago. I think the White Sox are just a mess, and I think Tim Anderson's just given up there. If he gets moved, I think he goes to the Dodgers, but if he gets moved here, uh, by the end of July, I think Tim Anderson goes off again. I know you've liked Tim Anderson in the past, haven't you? Yes. Yeah, I've always always had him on my fantasy teams, or a lot of times I did. I liked him, but this year, again, he hasn't had a good year so far. I heard your comments on your show on Sunday night, and uh, I think you very well could be right. I think if he moves a change of scenery, because, um, you know, in the past, he's been a leadoff guy, hit for power, um, he kind of had everything there, so I always kept them on my teams. But, um, you know, this year it hadn't been that way. Yeah, and I'm not quite ready to do buyers and sellers yet for Major League Baseball. We still have several weeks before the trade deadline. But, I mean, I, I look at teams like Atlanta uh, could be a landing spot, right? I mean, they've got they've got young guy, and they've got Arcia, who's been decent this year. But that could be a landing spot. I look at teams like um, – uh, Los Angeles, I think the Dodgers would be a, an interesting spot for him to land. San Francisco possibly could even fit him into the infield uh, as well. I think there's some teams out there that could be a landing spot for Tim Anderson and could work could work there. I, I think I would take Correa as number 10 at the moment on my list um, with Swanson, Tim Anderson, Ellie De La Cruz would all be right there close by. Um, I'm, just, I'm not ready to crown Ellie De La Cruz yet. I, I, to me, i got to see more than what we've seen out of him so far. I'm not sure that we've seen enough. But I know, Dad, you're up there north of Cincinnati. Uh, everybody's pretty pumped up about what he's doing, right? 
Oh, yeah. There's no doubt about it. I mean, they're pumped up about the Reds in general, the fact that yeah. they're going to win the division. Um, and uh, they're ahead here. Yeah, they're, they, it, it, that's turned right away. And, of course, the crowds have started to come back all of a sudden. And, um, yeah, I listen to radio a little bit. Um, in the last week, um, the station that carries the Reds, and they had a TV guy on um, and talking to him and, I mean, it was right there about with the Bengals and the Reds. I mean, as far as excitement is concerned. So uh, things have definitely turned there. And, of course, Cruz, they've got some young players, um, no doubt about it. Whether, you know, I do they have enough with everything, I don't know about that. But, um, it, it, yeah, everybody here in Cincinnati area in um, southwest Ohio pretty excited about the Reds. Yeah, well, I know the answer to that question, Dad. They don't. They don't have enough. Uh, and it's pitching. And I don't see the Reds going out and acquiring what they need to acquire to make a legitimate run this year. It seems like they're a team that's just going to say, hey, we've got all these young guys. We're just going to play it out. I mean, they need to add at least two arms to that rotation that could be beneficial. Hunter Green is good. Um, I like what he does. I think there's good stuff there. But they need more than that. They're going to need a lot more than that uh, to continue to to find the success that they're having right now. And I, you know, I'm not sure. Well, I know for a fact they don't have what they need right now as far as pitching goes. Offensively, sure, I think they got enough that they can hang, especially in that NL Central. But pitching to me is the biggest question mark for Cincinnati, and I just don't think it's there uh, for them. Now, I put out a poll on Twitter this week, Dad. Uh, I'm pulling it up right now. Uh, let's see here. If you had to bet one month's salary on one of these teams to make the playoffs, uh, which team would you bet on? And here's the four teams I gave as options. The Angels, the Guardians, the Mariners, or the Reds? Um, I would think... The Angels, the Guardians would be real close, but um, I, I think I'd have probably say Angels out of that group. So uh, our pollsters, uh, we ended in a tie. 31% said the Reds and 31% said the Guardians. So I guess we had a heavy Ohio base voting uh, here. I picked the Guardians myself. I think that they have a good chance to win the division. And that's the deal for the Reds, too, right? In order for the Reds to make the playoffs, they're going to have to win the division. And I just don't think they have enough. Guardians, on the other hand, are a team that have underperformed, but they've got the pieces if they can put it together. Will they? I don't know. Uh, the Angels came in next at 27%, so they were really close. The Mariners, nobody has confidence in at 11%. Um, you know, I almost think the Mariners have a better shot than the Angels do, honestly. I think they have a better shot than Cincinnati. I, to me, the Guardians make the most sense. I would probably go Angels. Uh, Mariners and Reds would be close. Reds probably have a better percentage chance just because the division is easier to win. So uh, I'd go Guardians, Angels, Reds, Mariners on that. Um, but I was surprised, you know, the hype around Cincinnati right now. And I know I've been so negative on Cincinnati. But the hype around it to me, just look at their roster. They do not have the pitching uh, to 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 do this all season long, and uh, and that's where ultimately it comes down to. And that's why I'm just not. I don't think they can succeed 
and I think Cleveland's roster, you look at Cleveland's roster, it's the other way around. They've got guys that have done it before and uh, guys that are capable of doing it again. The Angels, they have such an interesting story, right? This is a team that was hanging out there at the top. Uh, we had, had rough patches, good patches, whatever it may be. They have the best player in baseball, maybe the best player ever in baseball in Shohei Otani, and they've not sniffed the playoffs with him yet. And it's starting to look like maybe they're not going to sniff the playoffs again this year. Um, I've asked this before, but I'll ask it again. Shohei Otani, should the uh, the Angels move on from him and get probably the biggest return in the history of sports, uh, or should they hold on to him? I think hold on to him because, again, I think they've got potential there. I think if they can make some other moves, I, I, I would not get rid of a player like that because I don't think he is going to, you know, Fade, fade any, no matter where, where he goes. You know, everybody was saying the same thing about Soto. Well, you know, he hasn't propelled his team yet at this point, but um, uh, Otani's going to be great wherever he goes. And I, I mean, he's a, you know, once in a generation talent. I just don't see why you get rid of him. Uh, not, you know, not at this stage, at this age. Yeah. Baseball is a weird sport and they make some odd trades. But I agree 100% with you. There's no reason for the Angels to move on from Shohei Otani. If anything, you try to move on from Trout. But I think you do everything in your power to hold on to Shohei Otani. And unless he tells you point blank, I am not coming back, then maybe you take a swing at a trade. But otherwise, I'm I'm holding on to that asset and to that player and to that sick, uh, ticket seller. Uh, to that promotions guy, I'm I'm holding on to Shohei with with uh, with all costs, uh, no doubt. Um, let's talk about another pitcher though, Max Scherzer. It came out this week that he may be willing to waive his no trade clause to move to a contender. Uh, well, that's interesting. The New York Mets have been a huge disappointment. Uh, they signed uh, uh, Justin Verlander this year. They have two guys that are older than me pitching for them. Uh, and it has not worked. They've had they've they've had okay offensive performances, but overall, it's just not doing what they needed to do. And now Max Scherzer saying, "Hey, I might be willing to to let go of that trade clause if I can go to a contender." Uh, what do you make of this in New York? Um, yeah, I mean, I think again, the idea that he wants to go to a contender, you know, the Mets, you know, spent a lot of money and everything. So I don't know where they're at. Um, I don't know what they would trade him. Um, a lot of people would like to have him. I don't think there'd be any doubt about that. Um, and he could probably pick a spot to an extent. So um, I don't know, probably a little surprised to hear that. Yeah, I mean, where does he go? I mean, Yankees, they, they don't mind spending money. But would the Mets send them to the Yankees? Um, Baltimore's not going to spend that kind of money. Toronto, I don't think, is going to go there. Uh, you can't say Minnesota's a contender. Um, Texas, so they've already spent a lot of money on a guy that's not pitching, and Jacob deGrom. L.A., I mean, that'd be interesting. Um, Houston, you know, I, I don't know what they sit at money-wise. And then you got the NL teams. Well, I don't, I don't know why you'd trade them anywhere in the NL either. Because basically you're looking at the NL East, which is your division, uh, or the Dodgers, the Giants, or the, the Diamondbacks. All of those teams could use Max Scherzer. I don't know that I see a place that makes the, the most sense for both the Mets and for Scherzer at the same time. 
Um, so I don't know that he gets moved, and I don't know how badly he wants to get moved, but they're 16 and a half games back, uh, 36 and 43. Yikes. Uh, it has not been pretty in New York. As a matter of fact, I'm looking right now. I think they have the uh, second or third, uh, fourth most runs against, only behind Cincinnati, Colorado, and Arizona, uh, which is interesting, right? Because Arizona's in first place in their division, but they put up uh, a plus 40 run differential, so that helps. Um, look at teams that it's just time to let go. Uh, you know, you got teams that are contending, so you get to that trade deadline, they'll end up being buyers, but then there's other teams, Dan, that are just, they're out of it. They they might as well just stop uh, trying. Now, I don't mean that literally stop trying, but, you know, we, we, Oakland we know, Colorado we know, Washington we know. Um, uh, who else am I thinking of? Uh, Kansas, Kansas City. Kansas yeah, Kansas. yeah, definitely. But what are the teams that maybe are a little higher up? Uh, I think of teams like Pittsburgh and Detroit, for instance. To me, they're done for. They, they both had decent runs. They don't have a shot. Uh, in my opinion. So I would say Detroit and Pittsburgh would fall into that category. Uh, what about you? What teams do you think it's time just to hang up, hang up the, the phone? Well, again, I've been more positive than you on Pittsburgh, so I wouldn't say they're done yet, but they very well could be. But if they get cruised back, we'll just see. Again, that division is not that strong. Detroit, though, does make sense there. Um, you know, the White Sox, are they going anywhere no. this year, you know, um, from there? Um, now, if you want to look at a team that's still, you would never think you would say this, but you got another team that's not going anywhere, and that's the Cardinals. Um, I mean, they're, they're not going to be um, sellers necessarily, even though we talked about that um, the other day. They're not going to get rid of their good players, but I'll be interested to see um, if they try to, you know, what they try to do here. But uh, I, I think they're too far down to, to come out of it at this point. Man, every time I look at the Cardinals, my first thought is I agree with you. Um, yeah, no, I mean, they're so bad this year. The pitching is horrible in St. Louis. Um, but they're only eight games back. And I just sit there and go, man, eight games, that's two series. Uh, you know, they played two series against Cincinnati or two series against Milwaukee, and they can make that back. Um I, I don't know. I don't think there'll be buyers at the trade deadline. I don't think there'll be sellers. I think they just kind of have to swallow it and say, we're going to get through the season the best we can and then fix it in the offseason. Um, I can't count them out just yet, though. Again, only eight games back in a horribly weak division. Uh, I'm not ready to count them out yet, although, man, they're in last place in the division. You would think that would be enough. For me, it's not. San Diego, though, Dad, is a team that I would say all kinds of talent, but 10 and a half back. Arizona's playing really good baseball. San Francisco's playing really good baseball. And the Dodgers, they haven't been super consistent, but they're playing decent baseball, too. I, To me, the Padres are a team that you got to go ahead and mark off the list right now. Yeah, I mean, the Padres are going to have a hard time uh, coming back as the way the division is playing. I mean, they have the talent, but um, they're just, I mean, again, you know, we're getting almost to the middle of the season. So when you look at teams like San Diego and even St. Louis, you know, like you said, we're two series. 
how long has it been since they've won two series? <laughs> I mean, that they just haven't been doing it. And that's kind of where San Diego is, you know. Well, they've got all this talent, but, yeah, it's just, I mean, we're halfway through here, and they have not been playing like that. They just haven't. So um, maybe something will change, you know. Um, San Diego, I think, has got more, you know, talent than St. Louis, so maybe it'd be easier. But you're right, St. Louis is in a little bit of the easier division. Um, but, um, but, you know, well, that'll be a very interesting division. Both the centrals are going to be interesting to see how that comes down. Cause you're going to have to win the division, um, from yeah. there. So, All right. so let me give you some stats. Cardinals, uh, last several series, they got swept by the giants after they got swept by the giants. They, uh, won two out of three against the Mets. They won two out of three against the nationals. Uh, one out of two against the Cubs. And if they win tonight, they'll have two out of at least two out of three against Houston. Um, so they may have won their last, I mean, the last three, three game series. Uh, you keep doing that. If you win two out of three every week, uh, every series, then you're, you're going to march your way back up. Uh, I'm just not ready to mark them off yet. Uh, you're, you're, always, you're always the one though that says, look at who they're playing. You know, sure. just listen to what you said there. They won two out of three against the Mets. They yeah. won two out of three against the Nationals. I mean, you know, now if they win two out of three against the Astros, that'll be different. But, um, you know, they're, they're, they, they, they've got to do it against the better teams if they're going to if they're going to come on or unless the other teams are really going to fade, you know, Milwaukee's inconsistent, but are they going to fade? And um, Cincinnati, I mean, I, you know, it was funny. You said, well, you know, just look at their lineup, you know, well, the people here in Cincinnati will tell you, just look at the standings. I mean, they've stayed, they've stayed in this and as long as they stay in it, you know, when you know, young players, young players can ride on that. So we'll see. Yeah, you know, you talk about who they're playing, right? Well, St. Louis, you know, two out of three against New York. Well, New York's horrible. Yeah, but Milwaukee got swept by Oakland. <laughs> so so you gotta you gotta beat the bad teams too. You can't just beat the good teams. So sure. uh so I, that's why I'm not ready to mark them off just yet. I I I would put them very low, very close to that line of being marked off, but I've been around long enough to know you can't count St. Louis out. <laughs> and uh so I'm going to hold up. Remember last year, Philadelphia, my goodness, they were horrible all year. Also, they made this huge run at the end of the year, all the way to the World Series, uh, a team that was under 500 for most of the year. I mean, there is potential here for St. Louis to make a run. Now, again, do I think they're going to do it? I would say no, but I'm also not ready to mark them off just yet. Their pitching has been so bad, and maybe they address that. Maybe they don't. I I'm not sure. Um other teams, though, were ready to mark off. Um, I'm going to say Boston, and Boston's had an okay year. They're at 500 right now, but again, that division is so rough as well. And may, maybe we'll start off by uh, we're just we're going to eliminate the the bottom feeders: Kansas City, Washington, Oakland, Colorado, and maybe every week we'll just start marking people off the list uh, and, until we get down to where we're left on there. I think that's stealing a bit from somebody. I don't remember who. Uh, somebody's done that probably before, maybe Levitard. But anyways, we're going to take it and make it our own. Um, uh, speaking of crossing things off, how about Alec Manoa? This is a guy that had a great year last year, moves to Toronto this year. 
Now he's down in some rookie league, and they put up 11 runs on him. I mean, what happened to Alec Manoa? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I mean, some of these pitchers, you know, I mean, they really, really struggled this year. Guys that were big-name pitchers, guys that you were talking fantasy baseball, or at least, you know, you'd take them in the middle rounds or whatever, and what, Snell, there several of them, so just hadn't done well. Yeah, I mean, you can talk about San Diego for sure on, on that, that's you know, uh, thing as well. I'm not sure. I, I'm just at first, I thought, hey, this is a guy, Alex Manoa, he's gonna, he's having a hard time, whatever, but he's gonna, he'll come around. Well, he didn't come around. I'm not sure at this point now, I'm sitting there going, I'm not sure that he will come around, but look at pitchers across the league, dad, and this has not been a pitching year. Um, the best pitcher in the league right now has a 2.23 ERA. That's not a bad ERA. That's Shane McClanahan. That's not a bad ERA, but we've had years where we've had guys down in the 1.3s, and the best pitcher this year is at 2.23. Um, the next one's 2.44, Bryce Elder. Then 2.47 and Marcus Stroman. 2.49 and Framber Valdez. Like, these are not the names that we expected to be McClanahan. Maybe the other guys are not guys we expected to be right there at the top. Um, there are other guys who have just struggled so far this year. You mentioned Blake Snell. He's at 3.24. Uh, I'm scrolling through real quick, but uh, it's, I've just watched this again as a fantasy baseball player, as a host of a fantasy baseball show. These are things I'm looking at and I'm going, my goodness, pitching has just not been there so far this season as dominant as maybe we've seen in the past years. Why is that? Is it the ban on the shift? Is it the extended bases? Is it the pitch clock? Uh, is it the rules of how often you can throw over? Is it all of that combined? What's the deal with pitching this year? Yeah, I, I don't know. I would think maybe the pitch clock and all that has a little bit to do with it, but they should be settled in by now. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. You know, does uh, – does the shift affect that? You know, the fact that, you know, there's more hitting, you know, more hitter, left-handed hitters are doing better now, whatever. I don't know. Uh, if you look for the Major League Baseball right now, Tampa's still four games up on Baltimore, um, holding their own there in the East. The Central is now tied. Minnesota and Cleveland are tied uh, in as far as percentage stuff goes. Um, they've got a different number of games played, but – uh, they're right there now, and it's a two-man race in the AL Central between Cleveland and Minnesota. And honestly, Dad, I think Cleveland's going to pull it off in the AL Central. I just don't think Minnesota. I don't know what their deal is. I don't, you know, I, I don't know. I just it feels to me like Cleveland has a better roster, and they'll pull it out. Now, what about you, Twins and Cleveland? Which one do you think finishes it out? Um. I'm sorry. I think, yeah, I, I think Cleveland, you know, got a real good shot at this with Minnesota to come down interesting there. So I like Cleveland. I like a lot of the players on there and they've got talent. So they've underachieved, like you said. Uh, Texas has held, held on to that top spot in the West. They're five games up on the Angels, six games up on the Astros. Um, Astros have had some injury issues, but honestly, everybody has. I mean, goodness, Texas lost Jacob DeGrom. And yet they are still holding their own. They still have a plus 152 run differential, which leads the league. Their offense has been phenomenal, and their pitching has been good enough, actually really good 
Um, you know, I, I still don't know what to think about the Angels. We've already talked about them a little bit. And Houston, I again, it's a team I'm not going to bet against. But uh, Texas, I, I'm firmly a believer. I put this in my power rankings this week. I, I'm all in on Texas now. I believe in them. I believe they know what they're doing. Bruce Bochy uh, comes over and brings in a winning atmosphere in Texas. And I'm I'm there. I'm ready to say the Texans, the Texans, the Rangers are going to win the division and be a contender once they get to the playoffs. How do you feel about Texas? Yes, I mean there's no doubt they've stayed they've stayed where they're at. Houston is going to have to really fight in order to get in there. And again, with the teams in the East, that could be a challenge. So uh, Texas seems very solid. And of course, Bochi, you know. He's a really, really good manager. Of course, managed the Giants for a long time, and and he's very good. So, um, yeah, a good manager and a winning at, at, atmos- you know, at, atmosphere can make a big difference. So, uh, A team that I feel the most confident about is the Atlanta Braves. They're seven games up on Miami, 11 games up on Philadelphia. They have a plus 117 run differential, one of the highest scoring teams in Major League Baseball this year. Their pitching staff has really come through well. Uh, Atlanta is a team I just look at and go, my goodness, they, they're they the team to beat in the National League. Do you agree with that? Uh, yes. I mean, they, they've really played well, and they're solid all the way down the line. Um, don't have a great amount of competition a little bit with Miami there. But, um, no, they've been solid. I mean, they'll lose a game now and then, but they have a lot of talent. And be interested to see a trade deadline. Do they spruce things up just a little bit? Or um, they're pretty solid, though, no doubt about it. The closest division from top to bottom is the NL Central. That's not a good thing. All the teams are poor. Cincinnati currently a half game up on Milwaukee. Uh, Chicago is only three and a half back. Pittsburgh is five games back, but they've had a rough two-week stretch. And uh, then St. Louis, like we said, was eight games back. At this point, and I know I'm a Brewer fan, so people probably don't care what I have to say about this. I still think Milwaukee's the most complete team in that division. They have to find some consistency. Brandon Woodruff will be coming back before too long from injury, which should help. Um, But the offense has been a bigger issue than the pitching staff, honestly. They've only scored 316 runs, uh, which is below pretty much everybody. I'm looking right now. It might be below everybody. Oakland uh, is lower than them. Kansas City is lower than them. Cleveland is lower than them. And that's it. So they're the fourth worst scoring team, and they should not be with the team that they have. Uh, But I still think Milwaukee wins this division. And uh, I think that Chicago is the second-place team in this division. I think since he falls to third. Uh, But that's just my personal opinion. Uh, How do you think the Central shakes out? Um. I mean, again, I, I think it's wide open and living where I live here. Hey, big red machine, you know, if they can make a move, I'm, I'm, I'm all for it for a little more excitement for the fans here. Um, I mean, I, I really think the Brewers probably have the best team, but like you said, they've been inconsistent. Uh, the Cubs, you know, will the Cubs last? I don't know. They don't have a history of that. So um, we will see. They have the highest run differential in the Central. The only team with a positive run differential in the Central is the Chicago Cubs. Um, Now, you would know this better than me, Dad, but calling this Reds team the big red machine is baseball heresy, is it not? The what? 
You called him the big red machine. I mean, that's heresy, isn't it? Hey, I, I've heard talk about the big red machine here lately. So whatever. Yeah, they don't say this is the big red machine. Okay. But they say this is the most excitement since then. So there's no doubt um, about that. So we will see. Um, right. again, you, you, you've got young players. And it created a lot of excitement, and that's what's really helped. So, and you know, again, you know, what would happen at the trade deadline if they got a couple pitchers? That, oh, would that make a difference? Yeah, it would make a huge difference. Well, I mean, it depends on who they got, but yeah, yeah, they got two, they got even one, but two solid uh, rotation guys. Um, that would make a huge difference in Cincinnati. But again, they've not they've not been known for doing that. So, so, and who do they have to trade away to get those arms is the other question uh, that you throw in there too. So I I, I don't know. We'll see how that one shakes out. Uh, but it's good for the fan base. I 100% agree with that. It's great for the fan base to be excited. Um, I was conversing with someone on Twitter when they sold out against Atlanta. I was like, weren't they just chanting "sell the team"? And now they're selling out the crowd, the, the stadium. So whatever. Fickle fans, that's the way it works in sports. Um, National League West, Arizona still on top. They're two and a half up on San Francisco and three up on the Dodgers. Uh, you talk about a team that's fun to watch, Dad. Cincinnati has been fun, but Arizona is a fun team to watch. Corbin Carroll is a legit superstar, um, an absolute fun player to watch. San Francisco... I'd almost consider them boring, but they're winning games. They're doing what they need to do. And the Dodgers, I'm telling you, the Dodgers, you got to watch out for them at the trade deadline. Um, if they'd make no moves, then I'm not, I'm not really that concerned about the Dodgers. But I don't expect them to stay in pat. And they're staying really, really close. But I like what Arizona's doing, Dad. I'm, I'm on the Arizona bandwagon at this point. Yeah, Arizona's good, no doubt about it. And we'll just see if they can maintain – and like you said, you know, we've talked tonight, you know, will San Francisco and Arizona, either one, be able to make some moves and help them at the trade deadline? I could push them over the top. and Maybe they can. Maybe they can. We will see. I still think the biggest sellers are going to be the White Sox. They got so many talented players that people could poach. Um, and uh, maybe I'll write an article about that sometime soon, but. Uh, nonetheless, plenty of excitement going on in Major League Baseball. We're nearing All-Star Weekend. Uh, things are coming around and excited about what is there. Other things will pick up as well in the sports world. We're going to start talking college football before too long. Uh, then we'll get into the NFL stuff. Uh, but, Dad, I want to make uh, an announcement. I've already made it on social media. But uh, tomorrow night, Thursday night at 8 p.m., I'm going to be on live with uh, EKU defensive lineman Ryan Jackson. We're going to be previewing the EKU football schedule. This will be the first uh, um, episode of a new season of the Sports Stove Local Hour covering EKU sports. Ryan Jackson will be co-hosting with me all summer long and excited for everybody to get to know him. Uh, he is a junior defensive lineman, great kid, and uh, looking forward to having him along for the, the show as well. So make sure you tune in tomorrow night, uh, Thursday night, 8 p.m. live on the Sports Stove YouTube page for that episode. First uh, uh, local. It'll be the first. Um, well, I guess not the first live local hour. We did several football uh, pregame shows this past year, but pretty much the first live local hour, which me and a guest. And so uh, looking forward to Ryan being a part of that show. Of course, Sundays, we're still doing fantasy baseball show 
uh, live every Sunday. Uh, had a great show this past week. Got a chance to call out Dad on being a fraud. Uh, he finally lost his first game of the season. So, uh, so I, I feel bad for you, Dad. Uh, but nonetheless, uh, all is well. Hockey draft again. I knew Connor Bedard, and that's the only name I knew. He got drafted number one. And uh, our our listeners don't seem to be great hockey uh, aficionados um, either. But um, Anyways, Dad, anything else you want to talk about before we head out? Um, no, I, I don't think so. You know, um, with baseball, uh, one thing not to get bogged down on this, but you 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 watch more baseball than I do, um, and in professional sports, I know especially in football, a lot of question about the officiating. Um, there's been a little question, I guess, in baseball. This year, I don't know if there's been a lot of problems or not, um, but it was funny. I would wa- I got to watch just a little bit of a game tonight while I was eating supper, and um, I saw a horrible call. It was unbelievable, <laughs> and uh, the official. I mean, it was just a bad call. And of course, he immediately the coach came out to argue, and he kicked him out. And uh, it was really something. It was with the Nationals and um, the Mariners. And it was a play at home plate, and the guy got called out. The catcher missed him, and then the umpire immediately called him out for getting out of the baseline. And the announcer said he never sees that called at home plate. And, um, I mean, the catcher missed him, and he made one dive back and touched home plate, and immediately he was called out for leaving the baseline. And um, the announcers were not real positive about that, so – officiating has been horrible. And I, again, I don't know if it's just now we have more access to where we're seeing it, uh, where it's always been this bad and we're just, we have the access to it now or what, um, at the end of the day, we're getting closer and closer to an automatic strike zone, uh, done by the computer. Um, you know, and they, they have already done this in some of the minor leagues and things like that. And it's coming because it's gotten worse and worse and worse. And now officials are trying to become famous. I mean, yeah, if I go by the standard, if, if I know your name and you're an official, you've done a bad job. I, I shouldn't know your name. Um, so uh, you're not, you're just supposed to be there to make sure the game goes smoothly. You're not supposed to be part of it. So um, yeah, it's been bad. And maybe we can find an official or something to come on and talk sometime about it. It's, it's just not been good. Um, update dad, Nashville Predators select Matthew Wood. Hey, I can pronounce that name, uh, from Yukon. Uh, so there you go. Uh, born in February. So, you know, he's going to be good. Uh, anyways, um, uh, that's it for tonight. We're going to, we'll get on to more topics next week. Uh, dad, thanks for coming on. We always appreciate it. Make sure you visit righteousfelon.com. Use promo code belly up. You're going to get 15% off your purchase. Uh, so make sure you check that out. Check out all the content on bellyupsports.com and bellyupfantasysports.com. A lot of great stuff on there. My weekly Major League Baseball power rankings come out every Sunday, and you can find them right there on bellyupsports.com as well. Follow us on social media, at Sports Stove on Twitter and Instagram. Join us tomorrow night live with Ryan Jackson to go over the EKU football schedule, Sunday night live to go over fantasy baseball, and every Wednesday night right here, as me and dad talk all things sports. Thanks for tuning in to the night's edition of the Sports Stove Podcast. Until next time, we'll see you around the Sports Stove.